You're listening to an ACCA podcast. So my name is Miriam Kelly. I'm a curator here at ACCA and have been very privileged to work on this exhibition. Um, and it's a great privilege to be here with Sahaj Rahal, who will be speaking today. But before we start, I just want to acknowledge that um, we meet on the land of the Kulin Nations, the sovereign custodians uh, of this area in Melbourne. Uh, and I pay my respects to Elders past, present and emerging and any First Nations people here today. Um, so Hedge has been here with us in Melbourne for just on three weeks um, and it's been amazing to have him in town um, working on a residency uh, to produce new work for this show at Monash University so we're very grateful for your time. It's been a very busy year for you so three weeks out of your time has been um, huge but I hope that now that the sun has uh, emerged <laughs> during your time here um, that it's been a really uh, nice process and I'm not really going to introduce you more than that because it's sort of much nicer to hear from an artist as to who they are, where they studied, what kind of things inspire them. Um, but specifically, I'd love to hear about um, the relationship between your sculptural practice and your artificial intelligence works that we have here. So please welcome Sahaj Rahal. Thanks, Vinny. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. Um, just generally a little bit about my practice, like, you know, I'm, I'm from Bombay um, and uh, I'm a sculptor and the sculptures and like kind of objects that I make um, are sort of part of this like growing mythology that's expanding into like our world, like, you know, sort of unfolding with each piece, like, um, like that narrative kind of expands and like kind of grows larger and wider. So... Um, like, you know, some of the pieces are like artifacts that are sort of from this lost civilization. Some of them, and the ones that you'll see inside as well, are these uh, like creatures that like kind of, you know, uh, are kind of wandering out of this like alternate universe into ours. Um, some of them are musical instruments that I, I, I uh, use in performances. So, and all of this is like this entire kind of mythological sort of world is, uh, takes its shape from, uh, from our world, okay? So, like, um, uh, like, I build these things using found objects. So, uh, like, the pieces inside are actually from, um, like, stuff that I found in, like, the skips at Monash. Uh, so, it's almost like, you know, I'm finding these things and then kind of uh, negotiating the kind of stories that they would tell, like, you know, the, the narratives, uh, the sort of, embedded histories that they carry with them and then those sort of become like uh, you know uh, the building blocks for this like mythology so you've got these creatures and you've got these like strange kind of absurd uh, beasts sort of roaming um, roaming this like made up world and um, uh, I was thinking like you know what, what would what would it mean for them to like more actively start shaping the narrative like you know of this mythology like, um, like, w w would they be capable of telling these stories with me, you know? Um, and that kind of brought me to uh, sort of playing with, like, video games and, and uh, AI programs. Um, so what you'll see inside is this, uh, it's this AI pro program called Antral, and there's um, four versions of it, four, five versions of it that are sort of moving um, like on the large screen and also um, like on the monitors. So yeah, these are the kind of, the, the kind of red sculptures behind you are the 
creatures that I told you about, like you know, and these are made from things from from Monash, and uh, and that's Antral, and um, so now it's this strange kind of biome that's populated with um, you know these there's these kind of bipeds and this quadruped that's uh, that we are sort of th seeing through um, with the help of another AI program. Okay, uh, so you've got this like. Um, there's an AI um, cameraman, or <laughs> I mean, I don't know you like yeah. So it's this AI-controlled camera that is being trained to uh, frame uh, frame this creature, no matter where it goes, like you know, um, and frame it at a distance. So it's sort of acting as this um, um, you know nature documentarian, like uh, something you'd see on like Discovery Channel, uh, except. Uh, that the entire thing is kind of driven by a bunch of AI programs. So uh, it almost becomes like um, like the, the program, while it's kind of running, it's also deciding the way it wants to present itself to us, you know? Uh, or how, do, how it wants to be seen, like, essentially. So um, now, the way that, uh, the sound that you're hearing, the kind of, you know, um, tuba-like sound, that is actually generated by... Um, uh, the creatures that are moving around in this space, um, like based on their interactions and the way that they move through the environment, they kind of generate this sound. And if you pay attention to like, you know, those shafts of light on the creature, and then there's also these like rays that are coming from the sky. Um, those are all kind of like modulated by the sound. So while it's producing the sound, it's also listening at the same time. And then kind of, um, like that is kind of like adding to the chaos of this biome, right? Um, now, so, you, so you've got this, like say for example, even just this creature that was built is like uh, more or less created the way these sculptures are made. So if you kind of pay attention to the legs, they're, they're actually like, you know, uh, bollards and um, chair legs that I'd uh, scanned with my phone and kind of, you know, made 3D kind of replicas of them just by, you know, by cell phone. Like, you you take, like, you know, uh, photographs around something and you can make, like, a um, like a 3D model of it. So, so it's almost like there's this uh, real object that kind of goes into this world and then kind of takes this strange form that um, takes on life, essentially, like, you know. Um, now, uh, another kind of, like, idea to sort of think about how these these creatures are kind of moving around. It's like um, when we speak about, um, uh, you know, what would non-human intelligence be? Like, you know, what? how do we think of uh, sentience in animals, but also in, uh, say, in, in aliens, right? Like, you know, on another world. Or even in terms of like you know, since all of these are run by AI programs, what would what would it mean to be uh, to live with um, uh, artificial intelligence that's actually sentient? You know, so um, these are some of the questions that were kind of um, uh, I was thinking about, and I'm still kind of like making sense of while working on on these programs. So um, now let's take AI, like you know. Uh, so the whole kind of uh, drive of artificial intelligence right now is this, um, you know, we want to create uh, 
systems like um, or create systems with AI that kind of have a sense of efficiency to them. So they make our lives more efficient. Like, you know, say with Google Maps, an algorithm will tell you the best way to move through a space or with, um, you know, like something like Tinder tells you like who the best kind of partner would be for you or like, you know, would give you a bunch of options. Um, now there's a sense of efficiency and this telos, you know, almost like sort of we're moving towards this like perfect kind of, you know, a most efficient way of living with the help of technology, right? Uh, and that's the kind of narrative that which with which like AI is kind of like sold to us or like kind of, you know, has kind of embedded itself in our lives. Uh, that's going to make everything better. Um, but then um, it kind of comes with the baggage of like, you know, um, like AI has got all the sort of like all our biases and like all our sort of um, uh, like, you know, uh, hierarchies and our like the the um, uh, our class system and everything kind of built into it. Like so, for example, there's this uh, you know, um, uh, huh. So there's this uh, app that like you know someone back home made. Um, I sort of briefly interacted with. Uh, um, it's this uh, the app's called BetterHalf.ai, and uh, uh, it's supposed to uh, pair people like the way I guess Tinder does, except that it's done with, uh, it's it pairs people based on their CVs, like uh, based on their resumes, okay? So um, essentially like someone with a, um, a master's degree would get paired with a master's degree or someone with a particular like, you know, pay bracket would get pay paired with someone in the same pay bracket and like you see how kind of messed up that is, right? Like, you know, uh, you're kind of taking the class system into the next like millennia or whatever. Uh, so <laughs> so there's this like that kind of gets carried over, right? Um, and then now I was thinking, okay, what if we kind of like just take away this sense of uh, telos and this idea that like, you know, uh, AI is supposed to make our lives more efficient away from AI itself. And then uh, wh what is the kind of, um, narratives or the kind of stories that like this uh, non-human form of thinking um, can like wh what kind of thinking is it capable of um, like um, just to kind of like add to that like cake <laughs> of uh, um, when you when you kind of look at um, aesthetics or like just art practice in general as something that evolved as we evolved from like you know uh, you know, people living in caves where we would uh, paint images of, uh, you know, um, animals or things we could eat on one wall and like, you know, ones that would attack us on the other uh, to this entire domain of like, you know, um, sort of art, sculpture, painting, you know. Um, so you see this like kind of fight of light kind of narrative that's built into it and that's kind of how sort of a lot of essentialists even look at art like I mean I think there's more to it obviously but um, like on a very rudimentary level that's one of the sort of origins of what art practice is right um, now that fight or flight narrative has been taken away it never exists for AI like or for non-human kind of intelligence there's no um, that that narrative of like you know something's going to destroy it doesn't exist um, what kind of, like, once you take that away, what, what is it capable of, like, you know, what art would it produce or how would it kind of, um, um, is it still capable of, like, you know, the same kind of chaotic um, expression that, like, we are, like, you know? So that, that's another uh, sort of idea that's sort of circul circling this thing. 
right. So now uh, I've been kind of like you know propping AI up as this thing that's capable of like you know producing art, like you know, and it's, but I don't mean to see it, paint it as this thing that's gonna like you know. I mean, at least that's not how I see it. Like you know, I don't see it as this thing that's essentially uh, replacing artists or replacing even the need to make art. Like you know. Uh, so I mean, if there's like uh, any other fellow artists in the room, like you know, no one's going out of a job or anything like that. Like you know, <laughs> um, um, anyway, um, I see AI as like you know, just part of this continuum of like you know, technology that we've been using uh, since the beginning. Like so, a paintbrush is also a technology, right? But or, or like it's a tool, and so is AI. But then, what's interesting over here is that uh, you have this tool that's well, you have this thing that's or this phenomena that's uh, somehow kind of situated between being a tool, the way a hammer would be, and a few steps before being a um, you know a co potential collaborator. Uh, and then, what does that collaboration kind of like lead to? What you know, what's the kind of give and take and the negotiations that sort of arise from that? Uh, because we're already kind of like negotiating with these sort of um, these programs already in our daily lives, right? Um, uh, you know, um, another way of kind of thinking about this is like uh, we're sort of playing host to a, a, a number of these kind of algorithms and these programs uh, to uh, varying degrees. So you could be like a complete host and like sort of let AI kind of like almost like in the near future, I mean, like, you know, kind of overrun your life and then like live everything based on, you know, uh, um, I was reading this thing on, uh, there's this blog called Life Hacker and it says, do everything but better, like, you know, and then it just less, uh, lists like a bunch of like apps that will like make your life better or whatever. So something like that. But then at the same time, um, Oh, what was the contrary to this? Um, so yeah, you've got this, or you've got like, um, like you know, you kind of be like we kind of move through life with this kind of okay awareness of the fact that like we are sort of playing host to not just these like programs that are capable of like kind of getting us to live our lives a certain way, but then um, like when you think of ideology, that too uh, becomes the like ideology or like any kind of um, sort of narrative structure essentially becomes this uh, this form that you could play host to as well. Like, you know, um, so, um, I mean, everything from, say, uh, say an idea that, like, you know, you think, um, you know, the, uh, what's the best one to take? Uh, let's say equality, okay? Uh, so, equality becomes this, like, phenomena that we all kind of start playing host to. You know, and like make space for a certain idea to kind of exist within us, or like, or Marxism, or you know, or, or feminism could or they become these kind of entities essentially, these uh, alien forms that exist beyond us, but then we also kind of play host to them and like kind of give them sucker in a way, like you know, um, by propagating them. Uh, yeah, so that's sort of the play field that these things are kind of moving on, uh, and. I thought, like, I mean, if you have any questions or, like, you know, things that they make you think about. It was, um, it was sort of like getting sculpture to perform. And, I mean, uh, it does that, like, f for me, it already does that. Like, these objects, like, uh, even the ones kind of, you know, behind you are, uh, so they're made entirely out of plastic, you know. Uh, and uh, the, the, there's wood inside them, which is, like, what they're based on, like, they're sort of sitting on. But, um, 
like the fur is actually polyester fur and the foam is like uh, it's pvc polyurethane um so you've got plastic um or like you know all of it's essentially like you know strange kind of combinations of carbon atoms right that's coming together to play act at being this other kind of beast like strange form or even pretending to be art for that matter you know it could be <laughs> um so you've got this like kind of play acting that's happening over there already you know um so it is kind of perform these objects for me are already performing uh they're like props to kind of you know tell stories with um but then i was thinking okay what happens when they they're sort of capable of telling uh or playing play acting in this way but like in a more active sense like in in the sense that that like i have lesser control in a way like you know uh and that's when i kind of decided to work with ai like i i kind of a lot of the kind of some of the sculptures i make are actually like you know uh uh like they look like weapons or like totems and um uh like you know kind of uh, some of them are musical instruments so um uh they and they, they mostly sound like you know woodwinds so like your flutes and uh, some of them are like didgeridoos but um but they all they made with like pvc pipes or like you know uh, branches that i find and um yeah so i'll make these things and then kind of figure out how to play them <laughs> so uh like if you look closely under the screens now some of them have like mics um like under them and uh, you can actually kind of play and see how like you would kind of mess with those environments by yourself um they don't necessarily respond in a very kind of causal way where you know you kind of shout at them and then they just cover that's not <laughs> you know you kind of mess with the algorithm a bit so it it it'll kind of uh, change the way that it's moving and like it'll uh, sometimes it does even cover so like i mean give it a shot <laughs> Okay so there's this like foundational kind of myth of Hindu myth, uh, like Hindu kind of theology of this um, body of this man called Manu who's the universal being and he's a man obviously like you know because uh, men are the center of the universe and all that <laughs> so you've got this uh, yeah like the <laughs> uh, so you've got this myth of Manu and the whole idea is that like um uh the when manu dies like his head uh, becomes the brahmin the higher caste the so the priests and the intellectual right uh and uh, his body becomes the warrior caste uh and his limbs become uh the merchants and his feet uh, become the shudra the uh, the lowest caste right um so there's this kind of hierarchy of the body that sort of informs the hierarchy of society uh in india and this kind of like uh exists even up until now like you know to the point that um like even gandhi was sort of like you know very uh uh apprehensive about like do doing away with this like for some reason like you know because uh even though he had this like kind of uh sort of austere kind of way of like approaching like you know uh of almost like very radical way of like kind of approaching uh um like reform in indian society he was very like kind of uh, he didn't go all the way one could say anyway now you've got this idea of the uh, the mind and the the limb being separate right um okay so what's happening here is that each kind of um object that you see and it's kind of nice that it's glitching right now so i can kind of point it out a little more is like you see that floating kind of uh, joint over there and like the the limb over there that's just sort of meeting and all and that's happened because 
like it glitches this way because each object sort of has a script attached to it, like um, an algorithm, uh, like a, uh, yeah, it's got a script attached to it. So now what happens is, <coughs> sorry, um, there's a sort of conglomeration of these kind of um, scripts that um, are sort of, you know, telling uh, the object to sort of stand a certain way, uh, move in a certain direction, and also kind of find its uh, center of gravity or like simulated sense of gravity because there's no real up or down here, it's all simulated, right? Um, and it's doing that, and then, um, so think of it as like a, um, you know, a group of, um, like, you know, thinking objects, objects capable of thought, that are coming together in a certain way to form this, this entity, right? And each one is, uh, there's no centralized kind of mind that's guiding them, but then this kind of um, almost anarchic um, coming together of, of um, sentient, kind of like mini sentient objects that come together, almost as this hive mind. Um, Another way of thinking about this, like just in terms of like you know uh, society, is that um, you know was, uh, I forget who mentioned it, but like you know I was kind of listening to this. Um, uh, I mean, it was on some podcast, but the whole idea was that um, the mind. Oh no, it was Brian Eno. Sorry, so uh, Brian Eno, yeah, like Brian Eno was kind of like talking about uh, where does creativity come from, okay? And he says that like it's not something that's uh, you know embedded within the you know, the, the figure of the artist and the body of the artist, or like the musician. <coughs> Sorry. Uh, but then, it's something that you're kind of building together with people, like around them. So, um, uh, you know, like this is, you see this in a band, but then you also see this in a group of like, uh, um, say, like, you know, um, in the sense you'll kind of disagree with people, you'll agree with them, and that'll kind of form your opinion. And uh, we also kind of like decentralized, decentralized ideas across our, uh, you know, our friend circle or, you know, our, um, the people that we interact with. Um, and uh, kind of there's this give and take in which these kind of like, you know, like how I was talking about like ideas being sentient in this way, they kind of move through and like kind of uh, piggyback on all of us to kind of move forward as well. So um, that's essentially what these creatures are kind of um, doing in a certain way, um, but here it's just kind of uh, playing out in this um, in this way where they're moving, like you know, and this kind of propagating this like kind of alien environment. So it's like kind of <laughs> all over. So uh, yeah, like the code that I um, use for these, um, like to make these forms, is actually um, so it's sort of. Uh, you know, I mean, there's these like, uh, I'm, uh, well, I mean, I learned how to kind of code and work in Unity uh, on YouTube, <laughs> first of all. And uh, the other thing was, uh, a lot of times what happens is like, if you, say, for example, you're writing code for a camera, uh, you'll, uh, there's sites like uh, GitHub, which is basically like a community of uh, programmers who, uh, who will like kind of, you know, uh, who've already like made cameras that you can, that are already solving the problems that you're kind of thinking about to varying degrees. Or there'll be like kind of, you know, abandoned projects that people have just left there, like, you know, um, so abandoned code, like that's just there and people will leave it saying that like, hey, do you want to play with this or whatever? So, um, 
there's bits of pieces of like everything from there that kind of goes into writing these codes. So think of the the final code that these scripts that are making as collage in a way as well. Like you know, where of that sort of like coming from the internet in this way, like you know, and um, from people I've never met also. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thanks for coming.